Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 27. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. To another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing by House Flip Masters. We have an exciting guest with us today who's going to help you as a real estate investor maximize the use of every dollar in your own personal economy. His name is M.C. Laubscher, and he's the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. He's also the host of a podcast called Cash Flow Ninja. Definitely worth checking out if you haven't heard it. Go find him, Cash Flow Ninja. What a fun name. But with that, welcome to the show, MC. Holly, thank you for having me on. I'm honored to be on your show. Well, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of your backstory, what you've done, where you've been, and how you got to where you are today. Uh, I'd be honored to. Um, so my name is MC Lobshaw. I'm actually originally from South Africa. I grew up uh, in a town called Stellenbosch, about 45 minutes outside of Cape Town. And in 2001, after graduating uh, university, I grabbed a backpack, a suitcase, and about $500 and jumped on a plane and traveled a little bit. I ended up in the United States. Um, I played representative rugby up until 2007. During that time, while pursuing my career in sports, I actually got involved with real estate investing. Like many investors out there, I came across uh, this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad from Robert K. Saki, uh, which changed my life and the way that I look at things and, and the, the concept of wealth and cre- wealth creation. Um, I then purchased my first uh, property, single family property when at the age of 21. And while I was uh, pursuing my career in sports, I worked in real estate and actually uh, in every position possible from turning over vacant apartments, leasing contracts, property management to eventually uh, brokering a large family unit buildings for a private investor. So I had a, a real estate broker's license. After that, I, 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 had some time, I spent some time in corporate sales. Uh, two years ago, I founded my own financial firm, Valhalla Wealth Financial, where we help individuals, families, entrepreneurs, small business owners, and investors create and build their wealth outside of Wall Street. Uh, We offer them strategies that help them maximize the use of every single dollar within their own personal or business economies. And then also, as you uh, mentioned, and the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast, it's a popular business and investing podcast. And in the show, we just look at uh, a lot of concepts out there and societal beliefs. We question the concepts uh, in popular mainstream media of savings, investing, 
and the, just the general idea of retirement. So in the show, I have guests on that discuss how they've managed to create income streams from everything from real estate to gold and silver to actually coffee farms, uh, offshore, uh, to online businesses, affiliate marketing and so forth. So there's a lot of interesting folks on that show. Wow. That just sounds fascinating. Why don't you give us a little bit more about your own real estate experience since we have so many real estate investors listening on the show. Uh, it sounds like you actually did the labor yourself of turning over apartments. Is that right? Yeah, so I actually started right at the bottom. Um, I worked for a very wealthy real estate investor in Chicago where I, where I resided at the time. I'm now in Newtown, Pennsylvania on the East Coast and basically started to see the business from the ground up. Um, started to turn around apartments and vacant units and then obviously started leasing leasing some apartments got involved with contracts setting up contracts contracts negotiation and then became part of an acquisitions team so since i knew the operations of a lot of the properties already that the investor was looking for um, i was someone that he would take along with to analyze all of these deals and properties that they're looking to acquire and then eventually i got my broker's license worked inside and from from a personal point of view, I've invested in real estate. I, my first property was at the age of 21 years old. I'm still wow. looking to inve invest in it. Um, and I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned, and it's actually quite comical that it coincided coincided with me starting uh, working in the operational side of the real estate and also purchasing my first property around the same time because one of the biggest lessons I learned as a real estate investor is you really do have to know your operations of your property inside out before you pass it along to a property manager so that you exactly know how the uh, the cash flow statements and your and your financial statements look and how they should flow and what are some areas for improvement so it was a fantastic experience and it's really it's really been beneficial just in my overall business career eventually when i did um, my MBA in finance, it was really interesting too, just having that from a background perspective in property management and analyzing basically the property operations and financial statements. Got it. I have an MBA in finance too. So I got those, those numbers way back when. And yeah. I wasn't focused on real estate at the time necessarily in the working world. I was working as CPA. I was drawn to the real estate investment courses and I took a couple of those my electives. Mm -hmm. Funny how we, we start getting drawn to things early in life that we, we like. Exactly. Uh, any little, I was interested by something in that um, last thing you said about knowing your operations. Do you have any stories or examples of something that you discovered or you learned that you were able to improve learning about the operations of a building or a group of buildings that you were looking to acquire that you did acquire that you already owned or helped with an investor but give some give us a little idea of like what that means and maybe an example of something if you could 
Of course. Um, every building has a story, right? Every large and, and big building. But I think one of the hardest lessons that I learned personally was the first property that I bought because here uh, was a very young, exciting uh, individual that finished the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He actually went out and he bought, an, uh, he bought his first property and thought he was on top of the world. And now I'm just going to generate income uh, just as uh, Robert K. Saw has uh, written about in that book and oh boy then school started right so I think one of the things that, that I've learned there is I was actually um, at the time living overseas the property was purchased in South Africa mm. so not managing it initially myself but just handing it right over to a property property manager I didn't really I had checklists in place for screening tenants properly so that being said, obviously I ended up with uh, one of those troubled tenants that also then realized that uh, the owner of the property is actually not even in the country. So I think uh, that lesson I learned very, very early on. And it was one of the things while I worked for another real estate investor as well, uh, just basically the screening and, and it, it's a, it's a philosophy that a lot of uh, prominent business people have spoken about too, when they look to build their team and, and hire, hire employees or people that support them in their business, you, uh, you hire slow and you let them go fast. Right. Um, and it, it, you have to put in the effort and put a checklist together of exactly knowing who you have in your building and then also have very, very strict guidelines as far as renting. I still, um, I, I still own some real estate and there's very, very strict guidelines uh, renting to the tenants. Um, and then there's obviously consequences if some of those guidelines are not followed. So just those two workings. Um, and then as far as from a bigger perspective, operations. Wow. Um, there's a, like I said, every building has a story and sometimes after you've taken over the building, you realize and you know the story, especially when you're a little bit inexperienced as I was when I first started, that there's a lot of friends working on the property. So there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of other stuff ha happening that, that you didn't really see in the financial statements uh, that was disclosed up front. So lessons that I learned from that too is, is doing, performing that due diligence uh, just as important. Uh, <laughs> actually, one of the most important things to do as a real estate investor. What do you mean by like friends working on the building? Was that a good thing or a bad thing? Were they charging too little to, or were they charging too much or how did that work? Uh, they were charging a little bit too much. So it's a friend oh. that they outsource, say for instance, uh, the landscaping of the building, which was a little bit higher than usual. Um, and obviously when you look at it from uh, a bigger real estate investor that has a couple of properties, as the gentleman was that I was working for, we had contracts in place with vendors at that point. So when you look at it, you go, okay, well, you know, we're going to take that over eventually. But then you discover that there was contracts and it was a little bit higher and that, mm -hmm. you know, you couldn't really necessarily just terminate the, the contracts right away. So um, obviously during the that's where the due diligence comes in too, right? To have all those things up front and all of the costs. So lessons learned. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I don't think I would think about contracts because 
if you if you've never run a business like that or a building like that you don't know what you don't know you don't know that there's a contract that you would be obligated to perform on if you bought and took over the building so very good point about that well why don't we jump into what your specialty is that we alluded to a little bit so why don't you start teaching us about uh, what it is your company does and how you help real estate investors maximize every dollar how do you do that <laughs> so yeah so what we teach in my wealth management and education firm is it's called the infinite uh, banking concept. It's a strategy uh, popularized by Mr. Nelson Nash. And then what that entails is taking actually a specialized insurance vehicle. And before I delve into the meat, I just wanted to em emphasize the point that as professional investors and entrepreneurs, we, we should look at processes and systems rather than products. So when I mention insurance, I sometimes get an, uh, you know, an eye roll but insurance is just another tool, just like real estate, just like commodities, um, just like paper assets. So it's just another tool um, or vehicle that can be utilized. And there's different ways to utilize this insurance. So professional investors utilize it different than uh, an average person does. So professional investors focus on this system that they set up using the specialized insurance vehicle. And what it is, is dividend paying whole life insurance from a mutual insurance company. Now, if you allow me to, I'll just jump in why we use dividend paying whole life insurance with a mutual company um, as a chassis to build this vehicle on. So the first thing is that when you fund money into a dividend paying whole life insurance with a mutual company, it's immediately liquid. You can access the money immediately. And liquidity is, is a huge for real estate investors. The second thing is that there's a guaranteed on the principal. So every single cent that you put in, the principal is on there is guaranteed. Obviously, there's a portion that's going into the realist, the, the insurance part of the product, but the principal that you put in is guaranteed. You earn a guaranteed interest rate on that amount. And as a policyholder in a mutual insurance company, you're also a shareholder of the company and you have then have the ability to participate in dividends if the companies do pay them out. Now, the companies that we've used and the mutual insurance companies have paid dividends for over a hundred years uh, consecutively, even during economic downturns, even during the Great Depression, um, recessions, etc. So they've been around for a very long time, these mutual insurance companies, um, since the mid 1800s, actually, they're managed very, very conservatively, and they're extremely profitable for their for their shareholders. There's also tax deferred accumulation in these in in these vehicles. And then there are strategies to take the money out tax free. Now, those are all all of them very, very good, uh, good, uh, good uh, components of this product. But where it really dovetails really nicely with investing and real estate investing is as a policy holder of a mutual insurance company, you can access the, the cash value that you've built up through a policy loan. 
Now, when you borrow money from the mutual insurance company through a policy loan, you do not borrow the money actually from your own cash value like you do with 401ks or IRAs. So you borrow money on the side in a separate transaction from this mutual insurance company. So uh, for instance, for example, if there's about, uh, just to use round numbers, if there's $100,000 in cash value in your account, you can access $100,000, but you're not actually accessing that from your plan. It's through a policy loan on the side from the mutual insurance company. Real estate investors can then take that money and invest in real estate. They can either pay cash for the property or they can use it as a down payment or they can buy the property and use it to fix it up and then uh, uh, hold it as a buy and hold. But the powerful thing here is as you're doing this and you're utilizing that $100,000 to invest in real estate that's going to generate positive cash flow for you, the $100,000 in your cash value grows as if you've never touched it. So it still uh, has access to the guaranteed growth by interest uh, through the private contract between you and the insurance company. And then you still uh, get uh, to participate in dividends if they're paid. The other thing that I'll say though too is where a insurance contract is also a little bit different um, that is very uh, beneficial for real estate investors is these are, this is a private contract between you and the insurance company. So this is not private. And in most states, please check with your legal advisor. In most states, it offers uh, asset protection as well, which is huge. As real estate investors know very, very well, we live in an extremely litigious society. So this vehicle does offer some asset protection and then cr creates the ability for you to utilize the money that's in there to go and create more income streams. So the money works for you in your, in your policy, earning a guaranteed interest rate, and then also gets to participate in dividends. And then from the real estate side, all the benefits that you share on your, on your show, Holly, um, of obviously cash flow, uh, depreciation, and, and so forth. So your money's working in a lot of places at the same time for you. Now, as far as real estate strategies, um, I've worked with investors where initially we built up cash value in these policies because, again, every, every person is different. Every person has a different investment strategy. Every person has a different plan of what they're trying to accomplish and achieve. They could be in single family units. They could be in multifamily units. They could be in mobile home parks, self-storage, etc. So I sit down, I look at what they want to accomplish, uh, the, basically their timeline, and then we can structure these policies so that they, on the entire line, they could purchase that property and then repay the policy loan from the positive cash flow that the property generates. I've also seen uh, investors purchase properties and then open up some of these policies where the positive cash flow that they earn from their properties then is paid back into these policies and used to fund this. This is also a lot of benefits for real estate investors because it can access as a reserve account. Actually, a personal story is um, 
in one of my properties, you know, everything happens at once, right? For real estate investors. When it, when it rains, it pours. So I actually uh, needed a dishwasher and a washer and a dryer. and needed to make some other improvements in this, in this one property that I had. I used one of my accounts as a reserve account for this property. I could immediately access uh, my capital through a policy loan and then purchase what I needed for that property and then have the positive cash flow pay that pay that uh, loan back. Interesting. So tell us about what kind of interest rate that we have to pay. I'm assuming we're, we're paying our loan back. Do we get the interest or does a company get the interest? What that rate looks like? And is it required to be paid back immediately or can you have the loan out with no payments for a while? Like what are the requirements with that? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. So as far as the interest rate, it gives you a fair market interest rate on the between you and the insurance company. Now, every carrier is different. Um, I personally have three of these policies, all for different purposes, of course, one for real estate, one for my business that I'm currently uh, currently operating in Valhalla Financial, and then one for my podcast. But um, as far as, as interest rate, it's usually around f- between 4 and 5%. Um, so it's a fair market rate. So, but, and then there's a, there's a lot of information online about this. And I just want to clarify that when you borrow the money, you borrow it from the, the general account of the insurance company on the side. Mm. and pay them an interest. So this has nothing to do with your plan. Um, I've heard a lot of folks say, well, you're paying yourself back that interest. That isn't necessarily 100% accurate. You do get to participate in the profit of the insurance uh, company as, as a shareholder from dividends, which the general account obviously contributes to the profitability of this insurance company. But it's not necessarily directly from your plan and then basically paying yourself self back. Got it. Thank you for clarifying that. Because, yeah, I think I have heard about how they'll say you're paying yourself the interest, but you're not, in this case, you're not paying yourself the interest, you're paying it to the company. That is correct. And the other question, just to touch on that, because a lot of folks um, that initially come across this strategy will say, well, this doesn't make any sense because how did the insurance company benefit from this? Like, you know, there's tax-free growth in there. You can borrow the money and access it at any time. And let me just say this, that insurance companies are amazing, probably the best on the planet at risk management. Their risk management strategies are amazing. So how how do they benefit? And that's part of my personal personal philosophy and business philosophy. I want everybody everybody to benefit from that, uh, right? You know, business business relationships, that's a win-win-win for everybody. So the insurance company actually has a death benefit um, that collateralizes this as well as your cash value. Now, with your cash value, they can still utilize that and invest in vehicles that makes makes up their portfolio and contributes to their profitability. So, they're very, very profitable too. That's why Warren Buffett <laughs> loves insurance companies. So, they, they can utilize it that way. You then on that side can utilize the money too, um, as I just explained, 
leveraging your cash value that's already growing uh, with certainty, security, and predictability in your plan, and then leverage that to invest in other assets that cash flow um, as well. So on both sides of the ball, you can see that it's beneficial for the insurance company. They're very well protected. It's beneficial on your side, and, and, and you're very well protected and obviously have the ability to go and create more income streams. Love it. Well, why don't you share with us a story of someone you know that has utilized this and how it has helped them? Like, show us like kind of the whole structure, what they did, and how it worked. Okay, um, I'll use a very very basic example. So, for instance, we had um, a client that purchased invested in single family. So he wanted to invest in a single family home. Um, so what we did was we looked at, okay, what was his timeline? Um, because as I usually say, nobody should invest a single cent into something that they don't know and they don't understand. And that goes the same with these insurance vehicles. Again, just another tool like real estate. So we looked at the timeline that he wanted to purchase his property. And then we basically put and structure. And one of the things that that's very beneficial of this is it's very, very flexible. And if you're a creative person like myself, I enjoy this because every person's situation is different. So we structured a plan where we could meet his timeline to have the necessary amount of cash available that he wanted to use in there. So for instance, um, during that time, as he built it up, we helped him to, to get educated and learn more about uh, just our strategy, the infinite banking concept strategy, and then also increase his real estate financial education. He then purchased that property, used a portion of the money that he saved in this vehicle for his down payment, and then had a little bit aside to make improvements, aesthetic improvements, and then also as a reserve account, because as real estate investors, we know there's always a little surprise somewhere that jumps out. So... He then bought the property, uh, used the down payment that he accessed from this, this policy. Um, he had his reserve accounts, so there was a couple of aesthetic improvements that he made, painting, the turnover, et cetera, of the unit. He then, obviously, there, there's a time frame, too, when you take over that unit of getting renters in there and screening them properly. Um, so he did that. So within about 45 days, the property was turned around and rented. So the capital in that reserve account helped him um, in this turnover period and then leasing it. As soon as the lease was signed and the tenants was in and the first rent payment was made, he could then pay back the positive cash flow and start repaying this loan. Now, there's a very important point here that I, that I also wanted to touch on, um, and I didn't think I addressed it properly in the previous question about the flexibility of paying back these, these loans. Um, every institution is different, but there's a lot of flexibility. As I've mentioned, I have three policies with three different carriers. They're extremely flexible. Um, the policy that I built up significant cash value that helped me build my wealth management firm, actually, um, you know, I was able to access the funds, utilize what I needed for to build and expand my business. And then when my business started to become profitable, I could start repaying back my loan. So 
as the case was for this investor, he didn't need to pay it back immediately. So he waited until he had a, a tenant in there and until the tenant started paying rent and used that positive cash flow and then to pay it back. That was about two months. So for two months, he didn't make a payment back. Now, with a lot of these insurance companies, the only payment due uh, is the interest payments. Some of them do have minimum payments. It's really, really small. It's about $25. It could range from $25 to $50 a month that they just want you to, to contribute. Um, because again, the cash value in the loan is collateralized by the cash value and your death benefit in there. Now, another th part of our strategy as far uh, for real estate for the investor in this case also was, is we wanted to protect the asset that he had just acquired as well, which plays into a nice uh, estate planning strategy that you can put together with an estate advisor as well. But we were able then to structure the plan in such a way that he would have enough death benefit in that policy also cover the mortgage of that property. So I believe in this, in this case, he had a family and some children. So you want them to be taken care of as well in event that something were to happen to him. So it fits in and it, it dovetails really, really nicely with investments. Um, as I've just mentioned, and has your money work for you at different places. You, you know, we going back to the Robert Kiyosaki philosophy, we, you know, we want to keep our money and we want to make it work as hard as possible that we can for us generating income for us. And in this way, it's working really hard for us inside these policies, creating some certainty, predictability and security in our financial plan. Uh, my investors know exactly what's going to be in these policies five years from now. Now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, now and again, which is really nice to plan. Um, a lot of um, products that are tied to the market that is not as predictable as these. So you generate a nice, predictable, a guaranteed return there. And then also in the real estate, you can leverage that money then to invest in something else, which through your education and listening to podcasts such as yours, Holly, um, they can increase their finan financial education to manage the risk better as real estate investors to have that positive cash flow uh, on the one side and income stream generated for them. And then it also has that estate asset protection side to it, which is real estate investors is just very, very key in this legit litigious society. And we also protected the investors uh, investment with his death benefit in this situation. Wow. Sounds like it solves a lot of problems or needs, however you want to look at it, opportunities for real estate investors. Well, this has been really interesting. Thank you for coming on and sharing this. For people that want to learn more about how to work with you and your company or have additional questions, how do they reach you and what is your website? Yes. Yeah, so um, for, for those that are interested, my, my main website that I use now is cashflowninja.com. It's my podcast. It's a little bit easier to spell to than valhallowealth.com. So go to cashflowninja.com. Please send me an email at info at cashflowninja.com. And Holly, for your listeners, if, if anybody is interested and serious about the strategy and learning more, I'll actually ship them a book uh, from Mr. Nelson Nash, Becoming Your Own Banker, that 
that explains the strategy and, and it goes a long way just of educating you of how to utilize the strategy. It could be used, um, as we've talked about, for real estate investing, but it can also be used as retirement strategies, actually legacy planning. There's a lot of, there's a lot of wealthy families, actually the Rockefeller families through their family office use a, a strategy similar like this um, using permanent whole life insurance to leverage their capital. So you can use it for college planning um, and, and there's many other uses. So this will explain it to them and I'll be more than happy if you, if you send me an email at info at cashflowninja.com just said that you listened to myself and Holly talk about this and I'll ship out a, a free book for you. Fantastic. What a generous offering. I really appreciate that. Well, with that, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Ollie. It was an honor. I had a blast. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com, on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.